Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back, and this is day two, and what we are focusing on are the 15 reasons why your listings might not be selling. And again, as I started out yesterday, what I would be using this content for, if I were you, is thinking in terms of making this into a plan of action, something to present to your sellers, something for you, obviously, to personally use. That's how we created all of this, so that you can then, obviously, be better prepared when you're taking listings. This is your actual plan of action. But really where the power in this is, is presenting this to a prospective seller or especially a prospective expired listing and giving them the 15 reasons why their house didn't sell. This will really impress them. And if you want to take it to the next level, which all of you should be, consider making this into short form content on YouTube. Make these, each of these points into short form videos and that will give you an extra competitive advantage in your marketplace. Oh, and when you come across an expired seller, you can then send them the sequence you made. Some of you just do these 15 videos. That would be enough content for you to frankly have a really viable YouTube channel right out of the gates. Now I have I have something else, Julie. I don't I don't think actually I don't think I told you this. So you know you and I, you and I've been researching the implications of AI, and we think AI is going to be the ultimate personal assistant. We don't think it's really going to disintermediate or remove any of you. Realistically, it's going to be something that will cause you to be able to do more of what you are supposed to be doing in the first place, which is working directly with buyers and sellers. Um, and less of what, frankly, are the low sort of low yield activities, like writing home descriptions, for example. So what Chat GPT is evolving to is Chat GPT four. But I've learned, I mean, this is not new information for most of you. Google's coming out with a competitor, but there's a whole bunch of other companies that are coming out with competitors too. But this is the one thing I found particularly interesting. Uh, Google's new widget they're now leaking that is going to be able to make. Uh, videos for you. So what you can do is you can go and you can basically drop in, say you have chat GPT, or it doesn't matter which AI, write a home description for you. And then with the home description, you're going to go and you're going to take some pictures or have somebody take pictures for you. You can load all that in to these AI widgets, and then they're going to make actual videos for you. And guess what, guys? The videos will do voiceovers for you in man, woman voice. Doesn't matter what the, you know, you can have a British accent, whatever. And it's going to be able to create these really kick-ass videos for you. So here's a thought for you. Take these 15 points, right? Or create 15 videos that are being essentially created for you by uh, chat or by the new AI stuff that's coming out right now, and you're going to be able to start creating lots and lots of content and really differentiate yourself in the market. Some of you are looking for a niche. Should it be high-end properties, lakefront properties? Should it be this? Should it be that? Well, in this marketplace for the foreseeable future, where your niche should be is expired listings. That's going to be the most profitable niche that all of you guys can focus on right now. And some of you don't realize this, but expired listings are arguably the single best opportunity there is in real estate. If you do not believe me, go to your MLS, search your entire MLS 
for expired listings, expired and withdrawn, and be prepared to be impressed. And those are all sellers, 90% of the time, or like 95% of the time, relist and sell within the first or within 12 months. So those are all viable sellers. They're not just sellers are gonna somehow just decide not to sell. So open your mind to all the possibilities and all the ways you can use this information we're giving you on this podcast. There's a reason why this continues to be the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in the United States. It's because the information is actually useful. (laughs) (laughs) Fancy that. All right. So continuing on day two of why your listing may not be selling. Also, the checklist of do these things, make sure you're good on these, or you're going to create a listing that didn't sell. So point number (laughs) six, does your listing give a bad impression when you open the front door? Now, yesterday we talked about from the street, 50% of the buying decision is made from the street. Does it have curb appeal? Well, the other 50% is made right when you open the door. So a clutter-free, bright foyer should make the buyer want to see the rest of the house, not make them want to turn around and go see the next home. Or just say delete or, oh my gosh, what's that? Or I don't understand this. I can't even get past the front door. Julie, it's worth interjecting. Your point five and six are similar in that it's all about first impressions. Mm -hmm. And so your mind naturally goes, dear listener, to thinking of the first impressions of the prospective buyer. That's not where our minds go. Our minds go to the first impressions of prospective future sellers. So if you have got the house really looking great from the street, if you've got a great description, great pictures, great videos, and now when this, uh, you know, when uh, someone walks in the door, the house looks really nice, you've got something that the prospective seller, the neighbor down the way, who is going to put their house for sale in three months, they're going to remember how nice that house looked, how well you prepared mm-hmm. it. They're going to remember how professional you were versus most of the other agents, especially ones that have been spoiled from this past market. They're not really going to know what to do, or even if they know what to do, they're going to assume that FOMO is going to sell that house and they're not going to have to really make any effort. The reason you make effort to get listings presented at the highest level is not to sell the house. I know that is a a side, a a benefit, but the reason you get a house absolutely uh, at its highest level of presentation is to attract future sellers. You have to have your mind clear about that because in most markets still, if the house has great location, uh, great condition, and it's priced correctly, it's going to sell itself just by being the MLS. So take it to the next level and really, really impress the, um, you know, your prospective future sellers. And what do you do when you take a listing? We have a very drilled down plan of action for when you take a listing, what you can do to actually root out all the prospective sellers in your marketplace. And that's Uh, included in Premier Coaching. Many of you, hundreds of you literally are joining Premier Coaching every single month. If you've not yet joined Premier Coaching, I got great news for you. It's free and that does include a daily semi-private coaching call. Text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to premiercoaching.com. But either way, you're going to be able to read all the information that you get, all the benefits you get from being a coaching client. It's very simple, very elegant. It is the solution that all of you need in this marketplace. So text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to Premier Coaching Remember when texting message and data rates may apply. Point number seven or question number seven, could something be wrong with your actual MLS listing? Well, maybe your pictures aren't loading or the description doesn't make sense or it's not categorized correctly. We've seen tons of examples, different spins on this. So for example, and all the MLSs are different. Some of them will let you do this. Some of them won't. But if you don't put in the square footage, maybe you didn't know it. You couldn't find it. Maybe it's new construction, whatever. You didn't even put in square footage and somebody's searching for it. Your listing just won't pop up. It's invisible. If you're advertising a bunch of stipulations of what the seller will or won't accept, your listing will go to the bottom of the showing list or simply not get shown at all. Maybe something's wrong with your actual MLS listing. I had a case of this yesterday. 
the property address was like 123 Hollywood Boulevard. And we were trying to find it online to, you know, do some investigation with this coaching client. And the previous listing agent had made it Holly Space Wood, oh, which funny. made it hard to find. Wasn't this one $30 million? <clears throat> 33, yeah. yeah. Yes. And also they had a comma instead of a period for the price. There were all kinds of weird things going on with this. So it could be something that is just making it so your searches are either weird or makes your listing invisible. I remember we had a listing like that once and I thought it had loaded. You know how the internet will time out on you sometimes? Mm -hmm. I'd done all of the work, entered all of the things. It timed out and it just, I thought it was active. It never became active. So you've got to search and make sure it looks like you want it to look. Your pictures look like the, you want. Make sure the description is right. And I can actually find it when I'm looking for it. Well, here's another thing. You're going to have to be really careful of the boundaries for school systems and things like that. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to be careful. There's so many different ways that you can, frankly, get yourself in hot water for you know, not presenting the property correctly. You're assuming that people are looking over your shoulder. They are for the most part. But if you put something uh, non-factual in the MLS description and the buyer claims that has influence on them, you're going to be in hot water again. Yeah, that's right. Tons of nuances to this, right? So I often will search for something in Carmel-by-the-Sea. And just outside of Carmel-by-the-Sea is just regular Carmel. So how many people, agents, buyers, search by Carmel-by-the-sea? You can lose. So what do agents do that are smart? They do it all three ways, with the dash, without the dash, regular Carmel and Carmel by the Sea, and their listing pops up in all three searches. So guys, if you a little hack for all this is look to see where the top listing agents are in your marketplace. Look to see all the things that they figured out probably the hard way and how their listings appear inside the MLS. MLS software, for the most part, is input only. It's not going to be very, like it's not having uh, AI check everything, no. and it's not thinking for you. Uh, you're going to have to realize that oftentimes, again, with expired sellers and expired listings, you're going to stumble across listings that had great condition location and actually even a great price. And then guess what happens? The house didn't sell. Why? Stupid little mistakes. Now, I'll give you, here's another a fascinating one. What if, for example, now this isn't exactly what you're saying, but what if, for example, you are, you find a house that's for sale in your marketplace and there's a sign in the yard, you call, you get the buyer in the house. But the house actually is not in the norals of the listing broker, even though the listing is in your community, in your city even. But that house and that listing broker are not part of your MLS. Mm -hmm. And you guys, listen to what I'm saying. That means that technically, if there's no reciprocity, that your that listing broker who put a listing, who has an active listing in your marketplace, uh, but is not a member of your uh, board of realtors and you're not a member of theirs, they don't have to pay you the commission. So you could maybe find yourself walking into a situation where you sell a house and you're not getting paid. So these are all the things that you have to learn quickly. Um, and again, that's what we that's frankly one of the things, a lot of the things we focus on in Premier Coaching. Guys, it's too expensive to learn on the job what we're sharing with you. Learn from coaching. That is one of the shortest cuts to you making more money is stop making dumb mistakes. Yeah, how do we know all this stuff, by the way? Because we learned the hard way. Well, that and thousands and thousands <laughs> of coaching calls. That's right. Okay, point number eight or question number eight, is your listing in the wrong pricing segment? Now, agents will argue through the death over the strategy to do this correctly. It's different in different markets, so you might have to play around with it and see what works best for you. But for example, if you're at, you have a listing at, say, 509000 you are possibly the least attractive listing for a search from 500000 to seven fifty, which is a common search for both a buyer and a buyer's agent. 
that should be $499 to make it the best option for looking from $350 to $500. Though, truthfully, $500 to $750 is too big of a, you know, Probably. No, $250, not very many people are looking that big of a, with interest rates higher. Sure. But, the, but your point is still the same. Well, it doesn't, anytime you see like $509, $507, doesn't that just scream $499 deal? The, get what she's saying. If you put, like, say, if you put it at $509 and that uh, buyer is looking from $500 to, let's say, $650, right? You're comparing that house that should probably be $499. You're forcing that buyer to in that listing to be compared to houses that are going to be substantively nicer. And you're going to be at a disadvantage. And that little stinking $9,000 thing that the seller wanted to overprice that most likely, that's going to be the reason it doesn't get showings and doesn't actually get an offer. Now, I will say this. You are going to find yourself in a situations all the time where the seller is going to want to, to Julie's point, mm -hmm. go to the death match, you know, go to the mat about pricing. And if you, you cannot lose a listing, even in this market, over some silly amount of money, 20, 25 grand that the seller thinks they can get for the house. What you do is you agree to take the listing. You don't argue with the seller. You don't say my CMA. You don't say, you say the market, the CMA. That way you get it. Like Mr. Seller, I appreciate the fact that you feel the house is worth 529 even though the CMA and the market's telling us it's really worth or really should be priced at $499. But now that I've seen your property, I can understand why you feel it's nicer than the market. And so let's go ahead and do this. Let's put it for sale for $525 for you know, whatever the shortest period of time is the seller will agree to. Five days or five showings, whichever comes first. And if we don't have a written verified offer or frankly any showings, we'll know we need to reposition the house in the market to more correctly reflect the buyer's expectations. Notice I did not say lower the price. Then you're giving the seller the opportunity to exercise their demons about their you know, overly aspirational price, and you're setting a rule, a time frame, when the price is going to be adjusted. You're also not, not walking away and bragging to your office that you turned down a seller because they wouldn't take your price. Right. Point number nine. All right. Point number nine. Does your listing look clearly overpriced when compared to its competition? If there are 10 listings that meet a buyer's criteria and your three-bedroom listing is priced as if it's a four-bedroom, you'll always look overpriced and go to the bottom of the showing list. This is true in all price points, too. Some of you think, well, this is only true for you know meat and potato houses in the Midwest. Nope. It's true for luxury, ultra-luxury properties as well. Yes. And back to the meat and potatoes, split levels or buy levels... Priced like two stories or ranches usually look overpriced. And by the way, appraisers look at it that way too. As well as anything else unusual for your market, like a house on a slab when its competition all has basements. So watch out for the anomalies in your market and price them accordingly. This is why in coaching, we always recommend that you're at least friendly with one or two appraisers so you can run it up the flagpole and say, you know what? I've never had a contemporary house in a traditional market. Should I be discounting that a little bit because it's unusual or does it not matter? Well, that goes to another point too. When an appraiser calls you and asks for information about a listing that you sold because they're planning on using it or thinking about using it for a comp, don't just you know dump them into you know voice, voicemail Never Neverland. Actually have a conversation with them because what you'll soon discover is sometimes those appraisers are appraising the houses for a potential sale. Maybe it's because it's a court-ordered sale. Maybe it's a probate sale. It'd be a maybe, refi. A refi. Maybe Well, refi, you're not going to get a listing. Maybe it's a relocation, uh, something like that. So when you befriend some of these appraisers, especially, and there's always going to be maybe a handful of them that are really uh, you know busy in your community because the lenders all know that they're trustworthy and know the market. Those are the ones that are going to be the go-to appraisers. Befriend them. Get to know them. Learn about the market. Learn about what they do. Ask them for market trends. Ask them what they're seeing. They're fantastic resources for you. Yes. Point number 10, does your listing have a confusing floor plan? We talked about this a little bit with regards to pricing, 
But now we're talking about staging. For example, a modern home in a colonial area, split levels or anything unusual should have extra staging so buyers and buyer's agents actually understand how the floor plan works. If you can't tell what a room is supposed to be, the home just won't resonate with a potential buyer. And again, this goes back to, I think it was point number five from yesterday with regards to basically positioning the house with regards to decorating and furniture and all the rest of it. Um, modern floor plans where you're going to have basically big, huge rooms that sort of encompass a lot of different spaces. Those frankly are the biggest challenges to decorate sometimes. Uh, and people will um, often do it poorly. You know, you walk into a room and then there's a couch that sort of is just standing there blocking you from the whole space. Just things like that. You shouldn't walk in and say, what is this room for? Or how could I use this? I don't understand this room. I don't understand this floor plan. That's a problem. If you have a choice between too much stuff uh, and not enough stuff, always go with uh, essentially a, a nearly vacant house. People do not want to walk into a listing and see the seller's junk, unless they have really nice stuff, right? But, <laughs> right. For, but for the most part, yeah. they want to envision their stuff there, not the seller's stuff. So the less amount of seller stuff, the better. Um, and again, this all goes to how you can go and when you're going in, I'm just visualizing some of you going on a listing appointment this, uh, this evening with an expired seller. You're going to have all these points with you. You're going to show the point exactly what your, the seller, what exactly what your checklist is. You're going to talk professionally and sympathetically about which of these points, how many of these points, frankly, the seller may have fallen uh, you know, prey to not having actually done correctly with the previous listing. That's going to make the seller feel more confident in you. Again, remember, your whole point of going through all of this is to feel more confident yourself, to do a better job for your seller. All these things are true. But what you're really doing is you're positioning yourself for the long play of being perceived in your marketplace as being a true professional real estate uh, agent. And that's everything that uh, you come in contact with when you come in contact with any prospective buyers. Because remember, in, depending on the price point, a lot of your buyers are actually sellers. I don't know. You got to think like that. If you're selling, just think of it in terms of three moves. Like there's a first time buyer house and there's a move up house. And then there's the house after that. Now, I know a lot of people move a heck of a lot more than that. We certainly have. But the reality of it is that's the typical pattern. Adjust accordingly, right? So if you're listing a house that's in that midland price range or even in the upper end price range, whoever buys that house is going to have a house to sell most likely. Yes. So what you're really trying to do is you're trying to attract future sellers. Because if you price the house correctly and you position the house correctly, you know, price, condition, location, it's going to sell. The listing will sell. It does not matter what's going on in the market. It will sell. But what you're doing is you're proving your worthiness in the marketplace for prospective future sellers. Get really clear because when you think like that, it actually changes how you actually, I think, approach marketing of your listings. It's no longer sure. about just trying to kiss the seller's butt, which is how a lot of you think of it. It's actually about you trying to attract future sellers uh, to you because they're going to walk into your open house. You're going to follow our open house action plan. They're going to walk in. They're going to see how well the house is conditioned. Maybe they're in that house for a Christmas party and knew it was a mess before. Mm -hmm. They see all the work you put in. They see everything's bright and fresh. The windows are open. The windows are clean. You guys get it? That is going to make an enormous difference. It's all going to be deeply rooted subconscious thinking. But the point is, is you have differentiated yourself in the marketplace. Well, that's right. And our premier coaching members are sure lucky that they have the guide that lives in the back of our listing presentation, which they get as premier coaching members, which walks a seller through how to properly stage your home in a nice, friendly, seller-friendly, non-confrontational way 
so that they can literally take that checklist and they go through each room and they say, okay, well, it says right here that I should have a clutter-free countertop. Gosh, look at our bathroom countertops. We better do something about that. So that's what Premier Coaching members get and a whole bunch of other things. So if you want that to be you, all you have to do is text the word Premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, to 47372, and then you can get that right away. You know, even a house that needs um, redecorated, let's say. Sure. You mentioned countertops. Let's mm-hmm. say pretty much everything in your house is obsolete mm-hmm. or it doesn't fit today's styles or whatever. If it's clean... Obsolete or uh, older, but clean. Sure. If it'll, if it's clean, it's still going to sell. True. Someone will find the, you know, the avocado appliances charming, right? Well, Something. They'll see the vision instead of seeing the clutter. Right, and that's going to be the thing that matters. So do take the time. Uh, to position the house correctly. And again, you're just winning the opportunity at future listing appointments. And that's really what the big takeaway should be from today's podcast. All right, guys, use these points in good health. Use these points to take more listings. Your homework from today, if you've not yet become a Premier Coaching client, Julie just told you how to do it. Text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to premiercoaching.com. And yes, Julie does still have spots open if you're interested in becoming one of her private coaching clients. You need to text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Please understand Premier Coaching is fantastic, but for those of you who are really ready to accelerate your success in real estate and go to the next level, maybe you're already at the next level, but you're ready to go to the level beyond that, Julie Harris can be your coach. Text me directly, 512-758-0206, and I will arrange, a, uh, a, frankly, an opportunity for you to get to know her, and she's going to get to know you, and together you guys will decide whether she's the right fit for your future real estate endeavors. In the meantime, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals, and at least the United States. Thank you for all your five-star reviews. Thank you for all the great feedback. We love what we're doing, but we mostly love the fact that you guys love what we're doing. Tomorrow, we're going to start at point number 11. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.